Hello, and welcome to the third episode of my podcast, formerly named Marquee Listens, and now the new name、um, is. So here's the thing, and the reason I've decided to name it that is because it happens to be one of the things I say all the time.、Um, and friends, some friends of mine decided that why don't you just call it? So here's the thing. It's sort of all-encompassing and kind of catchy. So I'm excited. So welcome to. So here's the thing. Today I am、uh, honored to have my very first guest on the show, <laughs> my my friend Charmaine,、um, and we're going to be talking about quite a few things over the course of the next hour. Unfortunately, Paul, my、uh, co-host, had to work today, so、um, he is not、uh, with us today. But he's with us in spirit. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul, we hear you.、We're, you're with us here.、Um, but I want to introduce、uh, my friend Charmaine and、uh, welcome her to the podcast. Welcome, Charmaine. Hi, and thank you. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and、um, why you decided to do the podcast.、Uh, my name is Charmaine, and、um, I am forty-one years old.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to do the the podcast with you one to support you,、mm. but、um, also to、um, whatever knowledge I have as a female, as a as a woman, as a black woman at that. Um, that I can share with others in order to help them through their, you know,、um, life path or their life journey.、Um, I'd, I'd love to share.、Um, so that's basically it. Why I'm here? I'm here to help. So it's interesting that phrase.、Uh, whatever knowledge you have, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, knowledge implies truth. Right,、mm-hmm. um, and some people say some someone might say, "Well, who are you to say that this is whatever it, whatever it is that we're going to be talking about?" But、mm-hmm. if that's your truth, that's your lived experience, then that's your truth. Absolutely.、Um, and so,、um, as I've stated on previous episode previous episodes of the podcast,、um, it's really about <clears throat>、um, for me, it's about talking to people outside of my realm of experience and and really getting to.、Um, Uh, talk to others and share with hopefully my listeners. Somebody out there might be listening about、um, their different pe- people's different realms of experience and、um, people's different knowledge base. Because I think that as human beings who share a planet, a country, a state, a, a, a town, whatever it is, the more you have some sense of where people are coming from, the better you can. Um, coexist with them and hopefully get along and love each other, which is ultimately where we want to be. It's not just like, oh, this is where I'm coming from, and <laughs> I don't give a damn where you're coming、right. from. Like it,、exactly. it, it really does help if you just open up and talk. And ultimately, this is what this is. This podcast, podcast makes it sound formal, but this is a conversation between two friends. I mean, <laughs> right? And so Charmaine and I discussed、um, beforehand some of the topics that we'd be talking about, and I wrote down some notes so I wouldn't be completely unprepared. But、um, as <laughs> As、um, my first guest, I thought that I should do a little bit of like, let me make sure I know what the hell I'm talking about before I just <laughs> <laughs> launch into something.、Absolutely. So,、um, so Charmaine and I、um, became friends through、uh, work, but we also just have a, a very、uh, close bond. Both of us are empaths, which is an interesting,、mm-hmm. interesting. You know, it's always interesting to meet a, a fellow empath,、uh-huh. and you're like. Oh my God! You're like, <laughs> and you would think that we would sense each other, and you you have some sense of it, but、mm-hmm. sometimes you don't trust your own instincts, if that makes sense.、Um, and then, of course, the conversations have snowballed from there.、Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that you shared with me in our many conversations over however long that we've known each other,
um, well, actually, let me pause and just say, as many conversations as we, as we have had, I'm still just now getting to know you. I would, you would Absolutely. agree with that, right? Yes. You're still and just now getting to, yeah. <laughs> to know me. Yeah. So there's, there is some, like, I, like, I feel like I know you, but like, like, I don't, like, I don't know, you know, you right, haven't known right. each other for like 10 years. Right. So, um, but one of the things that you shared with me in, um, one of our many conversations, surprisingly enough to me, was that you used to be a Jehovah's Witness. Yes. Um, and <laughs> I was like, you know, the, and I think I told you, I am fascinated with people um, from different faiths. I am not a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not raised uh, in, actually, I wasn't raised really in any particular religion. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was very um, sort of open to a lot of different um, ideas and, and, and different faiths, and she wanted us to <clears throat> sort of mark our own path. Um, my dad, on the other hand, was very, very, is, is very, very, or at least raised a Southern Baptist. So that was, <laughs> yes, a very different dichotomy. Um, and my family in Georgia, if they're listening or when they do decide to listen, um, would probably agree with me that it is a... It is an interesting upbringing, um, and there are some great things about it, and then some some uh, different perspectives that, as a grown up, as a as a as an adult, you're like, wow, let me think about if that's how I really feel, if that's if I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So um, when you opened up to me and told me about you being Jehovah's Witness, I was fascinated. When I tell you I was fascinated, I was like, <laughs> let, me, let me look this up. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, and thank you. I probably should have said this from the beginning, but thank you for coming with me and 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 deciding to uh, accept um, my invitation to be on the podcast. <clears throat> so tell me a little bit about what it was like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you told me that you were raised a Jehovah's Witness, mm-hmm. right? So from birth. Yes. That's 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 as far back as, as far remember. as you, yes. back as you can remember. Mm-hmm. And growing up as Jehovah's Witness, what what did it feel like? Just start talking. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, growing growing up as a witness, you're very separated from what we call or or what I used to call the world, which is everyone else outside of Jehovah's Witnesses. And so you're separated um, from anybody, and that includes um, friends and family members that are not witnesses. So you're very siloed. Um, were you aware that you were separated or was it just like this is because you were born into it so you didn't really know that there was an outside or did you? Um, I did because, you know, you have to go to school, mm. you know. Um, you there were are family events. No, I wasn't homeschooled. I went to a public school, but you're taught like you can participate, but there's a degree to your participation. Mm. So, for instance, a lot of times people know that we don't celebrate holidays, so I wouldn't participate, let's say, in um, school-like parties. Mm, okay. You know, birthday parties, Christmas parties, Halloween parties. I wouldn't mm. come dressed up. Um, sometimes I would be sent to a different part of the classroom or another ca- classroom. Yes. It Ooh, was, it was, yes. It was. <laughs> um, I've actually had some some teachers. I remember my kindergarten teacher actually discriminated against me for being a for being a Jehovah's Witness. And so when you say she discriminated against you, how did that manifest itself? How did she demonstrate that? Um, she was very, very just uh, mean and separated me out quite a bit. Like she was that teacher that put me to the side, mm. you know, made it a point, almost like I was on punishment or something. 
you know, and for a child that's five years old, that's kind of And you, you knew know, it. You were aware yeah. of it. Yeah, absolutely. But I also knew at the same time that I was supposed to be separate. Right. From everyone else. So you sort of were like, well, if you want to separate me, fine. That's what, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to be, right? Exactly. Uh, and so two things. One, when you say you weren't allowed to celebrate uh, or uh, participate in celebrations of parties, mm-hmm. was it just um, uh, holiday things or was it like a bake sale, uh, a pep rally? Uh, like can, how could, far did it go? It's very interesting because <laughs> those type of events were kind of left up to the to the discretion of the parents. Okay. So if it was like a bake sale and it was during the day while you were at school, Mm. then we could participate in something like that. Mm -hmm. But if it was maybe like some type of after school activity where your parents had to bring you in order to participate, like a pet rally rally, or something like that, I was not allowed to go to those type of events. And was it because you were supposed to be home, like studying your scripture, or was, oh, was it, it just? Oh, like, it absolutely was. Oh, okay. That, that's absolutely a part of the lifestyle. And it's, it's separating. It's not only separating yourself out, but um, at the time, and the format has changed a bit because I left the witnesses when I was in my early twenties. Mm, okay. Um, but while I was growing up, the format was you go to um, three meetings a week. Mm. So you would go Tuesdays and Thursdays and Sundays. And this is after school. I this mean. is after school. So um, on Tuesdays, it would be from seven to eight. On Thursdays, I think it would be from like seven to nine. And on Did Sundays, it would be like two in hours. The meetings? You would have to eat before you went into the meeting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, we would have dinner, you yeah. know, like after we had, yeah. um, after we did our homework, we would have dinner and then we would go to the Kingdom Hall. Um, you said the Kingdom Hall. The Kingdom Hall. And tell tell the audience for those the, those of us who don't know what. So what is that's the Kingdom like Hall? the ch- your church or your synagogue. It's your place of worship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it's a physical building. It's a physical building. Okay. Now trust me, they're around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so actually, we went there two days out of the week, and then one day out of the week on that Tuesday, we would go to like a designated person's house for Bible study. So it would be mm. a smaller breakout group. No. Um, yeah. And so who, um, oh, and let, let me, let me ask this. The first question is, um, in many other religions, um, yes, in many other, in many other religions, there's a pastor, there's a, there's a, a clergy person who decides mm-hmm. what the scripture is that they're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, what's the name of that person who decided that in, uh-huh. in, at the kingdom hall? And then, who decided, was it the host of the of the the person whose house you were going to go to that decided, oh, we're going to be talking about 1 Corinthians or whatever? Like, I mean... No, this is something that is already... Or is there a schedule? Yes, I, there, there's a schedule. Okay. Um, and, and forgive me because I wasn't a part of... No, obviously. Part of the, <laughs> right, you know, you're a child. Or, yeah, yeah, I was a child, right? <laughs> but um, I could tell you that... They were, they're called elders, okay, right, instead of pastor. Right. And so you have different kinds of elders. Like you might have the, um, what do you call it, the uh, presiding overseer. The bishop or? Right. The... So there are like different levels of okay. them, okay. right? And then you have um, what is called ministerial servants, okay. which are elders that are in training. Mm. Okay. okay. And so you usually have a group of them in one kingdom hall. And then when you have those Bible studies, there's typically like an elder and possibly a ministerial servant that will run that Bible study. And the elders, the name in my head brings up a picture of a bunch of older white men. 
Let me just say not that. necessarily. And this is what's very interesting about the um, Jehovah's Witnesses. And I think one one of the reasons why especially there's an appeal to um, people of color, mm. because you are treated, quote unquote, like equally. Mm. So I that division that you saw out in the world, I'm using the terminology. Sure, yeah. You didn't see that division really okay. in the Kingdom Hall. So that was very attractive. I think for like my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation. Mm-hmm. But um, it is men, right? It's all men, the it's elders. All, it's all men. Okay. But for instance, in the Kingdom Hall I came from, it was in um, Jamaica, Queens. Okay. In New York. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I grew up. And all of them were black. Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's whoever is in that area locally. So, so there's elders that are... The elders of the kingdom hall. Mm-hmm. And then there's, I assume, some larger ultimate governing right. body. And those and are. You got it. That is okay. actually the name of um, you want to if you would like to call them like the head elders. They're called the governing body. Oh, uh, OK. They actually are called that. And they used to reside in um, Brooklyn at okay. Bethel. Oh, but they sold their buildings a few years ago. And now they're upstate New York. So does that. So with. Your, uh, how am I putting this? If the if the governing body is in New York, mm-hmm. does the proximity mm-hmm. of you being in Jamaica Queens does that make it? it th- makes do, no do you all have um, a heightened responsibility, or is it? You know what I'm saying? So, like the further away you are from whatever your governing body is, the more you can just sort of be lax on the rules. I so, would guess. So there is um, an international aspect mm. to oh, the, really? to the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, I had no yes, idea. they they are in. I, I'm. I don't know what the count is currently um, right now, but they are in, I, I want to say over 200 countries, but you can wow. go and you can, you can look that up for yourself. And is see. that right? Yes. And so um, the, the headquarters are here. Well, I should say here in New York mm-hmm. in the United States. Yeah. And um, that governing body, they are the ones that basically um, intercede on our behalf to Jehovah. Mm. And they are the ones that provide direction to all the witnesses on an international level and then on a domestic level. So here's a question for you. I think and one of the things I wrote down, um, I'm sure you probably have an answer for it. Why Jehovah? Why not God? Why not? Like, why specifically the name Jehovah? Um, because that is the English version of the um, Hebrew name of God, which is Yahweh, Yahweh. Okay. Which, which I'm sure you've heard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that is why they chose that. Oh, okay. And how long has the Jehovah's Witnesses been around? And and let me just say this, right? So in my, um, I wouldn't say obsession, but with my fascination <laughs> with different religions and different um, faith groups, and um, the people who um, uh, follow them or serve them, mm-hmm. um, some of the religions have been around 1950, 1975, 1980. And, and it's, it's fascinating to me that there's like in, the, in 1990, mm-hmm. someone could create a new religion. Like, I don't know how a religion gets created. <laughs> Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. there are, there are, to I my mind, religions are so old that... Uh-huh. I mean, um, probably at some point, somewhere hundreds of years ago, somebody was like, what? Catholicism? What? (laughs) So I'm sure, you know, it was the same sort of sentiment. But how long, anyway, how long is uh, the the Jehovah's Witness uh, as a, as a, as a uh, official faith been around? 
I believe the year, and you can, you know, I didn't come here with all the exact obviously, facts, but right, I believe yeah. the year is 1914. Oh, okay. Um, and the person that um, so started it is years. Charles Taz Russell. Charles Taz Russell. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because when you talk about uh, religions basically being created, a lot of times, and I'm sure you know this, they are spinoffs mm-hmm. or sects okay. of other, you know, okay. religions. So, um, he was a Christian. I forget the exact faith. Well, just a second, though. Mm-hmm. Don't the don't, aren't Jehovah's Witnesses? Don't they yeah, consider themselves yeah. Christian? Uh-huh. Yes, okay. yes, they do. To, okay. they do. So it would just be another sect of Christianity. Okay. okay. But um, what what's interesting is when you look into the history of it, um, I believe the Witnesses have a, a sister religion, and they wound off. They wound up splitting off as well, which are the uh, Seventh Day Adventists. Oh. Okay. Yes. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah. My father was a Seventh-day Adventist. Uh-huh. Um, some of the practices, not all, but some yeah. of the practices are very similar. Is that right? Yeah, some. And, and so those, those are, they're related in that way. They are. Because oh. the founding fathers, um, when they were looking to break off, I, f- I wish I could remember the, um, the, the sect of Christianity that they were in, but... When they, um, when these persons broke off, including Charles Taz Russell, mm-hmm. um, they started to study the Bible and and basically come up with um, different doctrines or different versions of the doctrines that mm-hmm. were out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, even in that meeting, there were some disagreements. For instance, the, the Holy Day, like that's a major mm-hmm. difference between the witnesses. And the um, Seventh Day Adventists. Adventist. And Seventh Day Adventists, they do Saturday. Saturday, witnesses right. do Sunday. Okay, okay. Okay. So that's just, you know, one small difference. Yeah. So um, uh, in my in my limited amount of research that I've done, there's the, the idea of an official, of a, of a religion becoming official wow. mm-hmm. is when they get the tax exempt status. Right now, mm-hmm. they're recognized mm-hmm. from the United States. Mm-hmm. So I assume that at some point, mm-hmm. shortly thereafter, what did you say, nineteen fourteen, somewhere mm-hmm. around there, mm-hmm. that now they're like established. Jehovah's Witnesses are like I'm they fairly so right. They were established right. The the, the yes. church was established as like this yeah. is a, a real thing now. Mm-hmm. It's not just some yeah. play play thing. <laughs> right. Right. Um, interesting. Okay. One of the other things I wrote down. Let me make sure I go through my notes. Um, oh, I'm sure a lot of people want to know. Why do the witnesses, or uh, and why did you, when you were doing it, probably because you were a child, mm-hmm. um, why door to door to door? What's not most other religions, or some a lot of other religions, don't go door to door to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, mm-hmm. we are Jewish, and we want you to, you know, join the Jews." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but you know what I'm saying. So, is there something in the scripture, or is there something that tells you all that you like going door to door is the thing to do? So um, going door to door comes back to or stems from Jesus Christ. Mm. And when him, when he went with his disciples, basically to, two by two, he sent them out to preach okay, or to find basically other disciples to proselyze. And um, it's the same thing. It's, it's this thought process behind, quote unquote, spreading the good news. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, and also letting people know that the end well, so th- that's the thing that uh-huh. I was going to say is that this the, the idea of spreading the good news, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, 
people who go door to door, Jehovah's Witnesses specifically, as a culture, as an American culture, people are like, if these Jehovah's Witnesses don't leave out of my face, right? Movies, just go somewhere, right? So that's the first thing. Um, But also, they, and I've seen it personally. Actually, some some members of my family used to be Jehovah's Witnesses and witnesses, and maybe they still are. I'm not sure, but they would leave this the the their awake. Mm-hmm. And the watchtower, mm-hmm. and I remember being when I tell you I was frightened to death <laughs> because on the cover of it so, it'd be like fire and brimstone. So imagine, <laughs> imagine being the child in the religion. Oh my gosh! Right? Uh, and I'd be like, "Is this gonna happen?" Like, yeah, you you fireball kind of the sky. You stay in constant fear of that. Mm. For me, anyway, I took it very seriously. Yeah, and you know. I always thought it was important to be a good person, but that made it like especially important because, you know, I don't want to be destroyed when Armageddon comes. Right, 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 right. right. And, and so and, and, are and they spreading the good word or are and, they spreading? And here's the thing, no, right? Yeah. As a child, my thought process or what I was also taught is that I'm going out and I'm doing a service to somebody, mm. right? Because if you are a lost soul and I am helping you find your way back to God through this information, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it saves your life. Wouldn't I be right to do that? Wouldn't right. I be a good human being? By whatever means that? necessary. Yeah. Oh, OK. okay. Not, not in a way. Not that whatever means necessary, yeah, but yeah. yeah. But in other words, like if I it's my to duty <laughs> to share this information with right. you, even if it scares you because I'm trying to help you. Mm. The point is not to scare you. The point is to help you. But see what happens is like as an adult now. I understand the psychology behind that. Right, right. But as a child, I am not thinking about right. that. And I'm, and you're all also do, just doing what you're told. Right. And I assume that you're, I mean, I can't imagine that either as a child or a black child specifically, if you said, mom, not, I, don't, I don't feel like going, mm-hmm. doing whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like going to Bible study. I don't feel like, you know. Mm-hmm doing whatever mm-hmm. it that's not tolerated like there's no like it, it isn't i mean but that goes with like i think any parent especially you know when they're serious about their religion right. they're gonna want their children to go to right these meetings so you're correct like when we had to go it wasn't a question right you know <laughs> yeah. yeah um so um i guess i guess the thing about the 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 thing from the outsider from me as an outsider it's hard for me to reconcile seeing seeing watchtower awake with literal fireballs coming from the sky and <laughs> you know there would be like some headline like you know I'm trying to think of what the headline would be um are you sinning today watch out tomorrow you know something <laughs> like what like something like that and I'd be like just a second maybe I am sinning right there's a thing right but then then you're supposed to be spreading the good news like there is nothing good about anything that you have said right now (laughs) you know what i'm saying like how are you supposed to be i I want good news i don't want bad news yes (laughs) so i I don't know who's coming up with this okay so here's the thing i think that that is a um is something to grab your attention Mm to show you the seriousness of the situation. Yeah, yeah. But once they do, one of the major differences in doctrine of um, Jehovah's Witnesses compared to other Christian um, religions is the fact that they believe that when Armageddon comes and basically um, the wicked are killed and mm. the righteous um, remain 
they remain here on earth and the earth becomes a paradise and that their loved ones would then be resurrected. And I will tell you that uh, my, my relatives who um, were in the, were Jehovah's witnesses or at least read the, read the, um, the, um, the scriptures as Jehovah's witnesses. And my grandmother actually had a few meetings, some meetings would, you know, she had people come to her house. I remember seeing in the books that they would give us, at the end of the book, you know, there would be some beautiful paradise and right. there would be, you know, my illustrations of people walking hand in hand, smiling. Right. But the cover of it was like, <laughs> are you sitting today? <laughs> Watch right. out tomorrow. Right. Like, get it's coming tomorrow. Are you ready? Right. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so one of the one of the other things that I'm sure that I, I, I at least had a question about and probably some of my listeners, um, if there's anybody out there, <laughs> um, would ask is. 144,000, right? Mm-hmm. There's this idea, and um, maybe you can flesh it out for me, but I believe this. there's this idea among the Jehovah's Witnesses that, um, as you said, when Armageddon comes, the righteous will be saved, and um, the wicked will be destroyed, and the earth will become a paradise. But mm-hmm. only for 144,000 people. Is, no. is that correct? No. Okay. There you go. Yes. <laughs> now that makes more sense. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That's for everybody. That's the whole earth. That's for everybody outside of the 144,000. Oh, okay. That's the way that goes. So 144,000 are supposed to be um, God's chosen ones that are selected to go to heaven. Ah, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So there's 144,000 that get to go to heaven, mm-hmm. right? There's 144 million that get to stay on the earth, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? And just hang out in this paradise. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's probably 144 billion (laughs) that go, you know, that are destroyed. Like, I mean, is that where we are? I I, I guess so. That seems like a... But, uh, well, so, uh, okay, so here's a question, though. Mm-hmm. As a person who was raised in um, raised in it as a child, mm-hmm. um, knowing that you are helping or believing that you are helping people, knowing, believing that you are helping people and um, bringing them on the right path. Did you feel like you were better there? Like, yeah, were you taught that did. you were, were you well, taught that or did you feel that? There is, there's this like indirect kind of air of self-righteousness, mm, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like you poor people that are going to die when Armageddon comes because mm. you're wicked and, and you know, you're, you don't want the truth. Right. That's what they call it, the right. truth. You don't want the truth. You don't want to be a light bearer. You want to be in the dark. What's a light bearer? Well, you know, that scripture that talks about being the light and the soul to the earth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you don't want to be that. You don't, you don't want to be a part of that righteous um, remnant walking the the, the the narrow road. You want to be on that broad and spacious road mm. to death. Mm. Like the this broad is a, and spacious right, road. Right. Wow. Right. So it's it's very um it's very interesting because that type of mentality helps you to keep separated mm. from people. But what you don't realize at the same time is that you're also siloed. Right. Right. So right. then when you eventually if you ever decide to leave, ah, there's a challenge. Right. 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 Because it's very scary to leave. Um, the only thing that, you know, literally are the Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. So. So. Um, to a couple things, actually, um, 
the first thing is when you talk about um, it being difficult to leave, mm-hmm. right? Well, let me let me even go back a, a one step further. In in many in many religions, particularly when it has and in many religions that are associated with a particular text, mm-hmm. right? Which are most religions, I would guess. Um, there are varying degrees of um, faiths that follow the text to varying degrees. Right. So in, in um, people, th- there are uh, religions that follow the Bible. The Bible says um, a number of things, mm-hmm. among which is, you know, uh, don't eat so-and-so, right? Yes. Don't wear so-and-so. Yes. Right? Don't marry or lay with so-and-so, yes. right? And these are the things, right? And then there's religions that follow or don't follow varying degrees of that because they don't adhere to that. So my question, our first question would be, when you talk about being wicked, right, and Mm -hmm. the people who are going to be destroyed, is it the people who are not adhering to every single tenant or is it a tenant or is it like, like, where do you all, where, not you all, but where where did the witnesses fall on like the absolutes of the Bible, if that makes sense? That's an interesting question because um, they, because they believe in Jesus Christ and him being the Messiah, it removes the old covenant, which has, you know, which is basically the Ten Commandments from, from off of the people, right? Um, but I think that that is kind of subjective, mm. I don't think there's like a, a very hard and fast rule and, and, and what I mean, like what you're looking for, something very right. like structured. Right, right, right. Um, I want to say that if it's in the Bible, it can be used to say, you know, this is good and, and this is bad. Well, so so here's an example and, and it will move us eventually to our next topic. Right. So within the witnesses, um, there are. Uh, certain things that you you're not supposed to do. Absolutely. Right. Uh-huh. And I believe, and uh, that in one one of our offline conversations, you talked about people telling almost telling on each other, like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you smoked. I saw you smoke. Yeah. I'm gonna go tell so and so." Right. And then uh-huh. if you and if you don't tell, uh-huh. and somebody else saw you saw the person smoking, right? right you can then both of you are in right. trouble. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and so that I imagine that must make it one uh, uh, a very sort of again a siloed environment because you don't know who to trust and um, uh, very hard to leave. I mean, I don't know. So t- 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 talk to me a little bit about that. Like, what are the things that you would get told on for <laughs> besides smoking? I mean, I, <laughs> you could get told on for um, having sex before marriage, um, for cursing. So I'm going to hold on just a second. Uh-huh. So if we had sex before marriage, mm-hmm. let's just say mm-hmm. you and me, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and me had sex, right? Uh-huh. And I feel guilty about it. I'm going gonna go and tell my elder at right. the Kingdom Hall, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm I pres- presumably I would get in trouble, but I'm in less trouble because I t- I told it. I said the confession. Absolutely. But if you don't go and tell. Mm-hmm. That you did it also, you're in more trouble. And Absolutely. then they're gonna act, are they do they like pull you in and question you about yeah, it? Like they, oh do they, they really? do pull you in and question you. Oh my gosh. What? So <laughs> if this person doesn't tell you, yeah, um, they will absolutely 
um, call you in and, and have a meeting. With is there you an about office? That. Like, where do they, where do they well, do it? Well, they, the way that the Kingdom Hall is set up is that they have a main audit, like, uh, I want to say like a main meeting place, right? right. A hall. And then, right, right a <laughs> yeah. hall. And then there are usually two rooms that, um, are enclosed, but they have like a glass. So they're like overflow rooms, mm-hmm. but you can see the stage. Mm-hmm. You can see the main hall from mm-hmm. there. And so typically when you have those kind of meetings, they will pull those people to the back in one of those two rooms after the main meeting is over or before the main meeting starts. So for two things, first of all, the the room is glass so people can see. Well, yeah, glass. (laughs) Yeah. But at that point, most people won't even be in the. Right. But I mean, the presumption is somebody could see you going back into the room and be like, oh, Oh, yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If they happen to linger. Let's say the right. elders are not going to stop. So there's the shame culture. That. Like, oh. There's, it, shaming is huge. Mm. When I tell you shaming is huge, it is a part of the psychology of basically keeping you indoctrinated yeah. in that religion. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know it was shaming like, I thought it was like some offsite place. Shaming. This is in the hall. This is in the hall. Wow. Yeah. It's, mm. Yeah. And so, um, Oh, you were talking about the things you can get in trouble for. So smoking, the, the cursing. sex, cursing. Right. Um, would you get in trouble for something like not coming to, not doing your Tuesday meeting? Like, you know what I'm no, saying? No, you're not going to get in trouble for that. Uh, if you, let's say, if you don't, if you like consecutively don't go to meetings, eventually an elder might give you a call. Mm. They might stop by, make the, what they call a shepherding visit to check on you to see what's going on. You know, um... How do you get back in the good graces? Let's say you've done whatever the thing is, right? Uh-huh. Do you have to pay tithes? Do you have to do a bunch of Hail Marys? Do you have to like, <laughs> like, what, like, like, what, what are you, what, how do you like so, fix it? So the way that you fix it is, um, and, and forgive me if things have changed, sure. but, um, to my knowledge, one, you have to make sure you make it to every meeting that is mandatory every meeting you have to go to every meeting that you're assigned to so those three meetings that i spoke about you would have to go to all three meetings not just the kingdom hall meeting but the even the the The, house the bible study meeting yes the house meeting you have to be there and they the elders will take note that you are regularly attending the meetings so that's the first thing is there a sign-in sheet like how do they know they watch you. What do you mean? I mean, but the elders are, they're, they're the elders okay. of the church. If so, there's a whole community, you don't know. Okay. Like, so, you know what I'm saying? So one important difference is, is whether or not you're baptized or not. Oh, wow. Now, if you have decided to become baptized, um, they are going to look at you way more carefully because they have the right to basically remove you from the congregation for misconduct. So pause for just one second, because I want to make sure that I make this important distinction and correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm baptized as a Catholic, whatever it is that I'm baptized as, and I decide I'm going to become Jehovah's Witness, my baptism as a Catholic doesn't count. Exactly. Is that right? That is correct. So you have to, I have to be re-baptized. Exactly. Wow. Yes, you do. Okay. Okay. So now, now going forward, you're saying... If I've decided to become baptized as a Jehovah's Witness, Mm -hmm. they're going to be looking at me with more scrutiny. Absolutely. As opposed to somebody that never got baptized, 
um, especially if they've never become what is called a publisher. A publisher is somebody that goes and knocks um, on door to door. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. Publisher. So you can become a, a publisher. Maybe the the maybe the um, terminology. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It might have changed, but um, I became a publisher at nine. Mm. What's the earliest? I mean, how old can you be? I don't know. A seven-year-old. You oh. could, you could, but I was knocking on doors. I feel like when that would I was make it worse. Really little. If I if I was if I was a grown-up and mm-hmm. I saw a seven-year-old Jehovah's Witness publisher come to my door, I would be less inclined to close the door in his face. Oh, that was yeah. I remember that when I was a kid. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like you know, people that are witnesses love going to the door with a kid because. Right. Nine times out of ten, people are never going to slam the right. door in a kid's right. face. Right, right. You know, you smile and you give them an awake or a watchtower. Right. right, Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so, we talked about shaming culture. We talked about, and I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you were no, going to say fine. something else. We talked about shaming culture. We talked about the silos. Um, the first question, the next question for you is, what was the worst thing that you saw happen to someone else while you were a witness? And then the follow-up question is, why did you, why did you ultimately decide to leave? Or I'm, I assume it was a series of things. Mm. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why um, I decided to um, leave. But one of them was very, very personal to me. Um, is this the worst thing that you saw? Or no, this, what's yeah, the worst thing that happened to, to somebody else? To somebody else. Yeah. I want to say my mother. Oh, okay. Well, that's somebody else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but this is something that to me is classic. In, in the Kingdom Homes, where um, basically there are a lot of women that have the problem of depression. And, and the reason why to me is because it's almost like the religion does something to almost snuff the light out of them. Mm. Okay. Um, it takes away your individuality. Um, to me, it, it takes away some of your um, womanhood. Um, it's very repressive. Um, and, and when you're raised in it, it's even more so. Because, right. You don't know. Right. You don't, you know, you don't know the difference. You know, if you see a woman that is too strong, eventually she'll either leave or she'll get broken down. Mm. And my mom was very, very strong woman. But... Um, you know, unfortunately, when she got remarried, that last, I, well, she had, she had gotten married twice. So the second time she got married, I was about 13 years old. And um, is divorce that marriage, against the rules? It depends on oh. why. Okay. So if there's adultery involved, mm. you can get a divorce. Okay. Um, but. My mom was allowed to re- remarry, so I'm assuming there was something there with her first marriage, which right. I, you know. But um, basically, I saw this very, very strong woman just go into this um, manic, depressive state, and she was totally ignored until she passed away. Mm. And this is something that How long did is that, have to go on? that went on for about two years. And she had had bouts with depression before, but she had come out of it. This time was just like that last time. I, I guess she couldn't do it mm-hmm. anymore. And um, was he, her husband, her her second husband, a witness also? Yes. And do witnesses generally marry other witnesses? Yes. Okay. You're you're actually you're supposed to, and if you're not, 
there's a shaming aspect to oh, that as gosh. well. Mm. If you marry somebody that is not a witness, mm. okay. especially for a woman, that's a Jehovah's Witness that marries a man. Who, if you have somebody that's the head of your household that's a non-witness, that's a problem. Can you marry? Can um? It, uh, I'm just trying to say. Are you only considered a witness if you're baptized as a witness, or can you be a Jehovah's Witness and only, not be only through baptism? Okay, so you can't even. I see. Okay, you have I, to I be just baptized. right. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So anyway, you were talking about your mom, yeah? Yeah. So um, I think for me, you know, I had always seen that with women in general in the Kingdom Hall, these the like these bouts of depression and being kind of ignored and kind of like whatever. Your husband says, do whatever your husband says. And or, you were aware of that at 13. Uh-huh. Mm. And, um... I'm not that observant. I, don't, I mean, maybe. It, it would be very hard for me to say. It wasn't hard to um, see because it was just so... For me, it was Prevalent. glaringly mm. obvious. Yeah, yeah. I saw women that were, like, really, like, bright and, like, lively and vibrant and they would get married and I kid you not within two weeks, wow. their whole demeanor is changed. Mm. I, I, I saw that, you know, um, of, of getting married. And uh, it's just, it's really sad to me because from watching my mother go on that descent and talking to the elders in the congregation. And I could tell that there were some elders that maybe they, they wanted to help or they helped as much as they could within that religion. How did you know she was talking to them? Like you were aware of all, like, were you privy to all of the conversations? She, no, no, no. She didn't I, tell you. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, oh, you were the one talking I to was her. talking to them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, they would actually come to me to find out what was going on in the household oh. sometimes. Oh, it was wow. a very, very complicated situation. Yeah. But, um, I was the oldest. Oh, and, I was going to ask yeah. if you had siblings. Yeah. 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 Um, and so they would come to me and talk to me about what was going on in the household, maybe to get a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But really at the end of the day, what it always came back to is that my stepfather was the head of the house and kind of like what he said goes. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, without divulging too much, you know, information, but um, basically my, 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 just watched my mother's light go out Mm. and nobody did anything about it, Mm. you know? So I just felt like this person. They have a funeral? Yeah, they did. So are the Jehovah's Witness funerals like, uh, well, maybe you don't know, Mm -hmm. Um, like uh, other religions' funerals, it's a whole thing right is it like it's maybe an hour or two and then there's a uh uh, some memorial service yeah she was cremated okay and so it's probably about an hour oh so but i I really honestly don't remember can you choose can you choose what you're gonna like you like cremation is not like oh it's okay yeah you can choose if you want like an open casket or you want cremation yeah okay you can choose that um but they typically have the service in the kingdom hall Hmm. Not in a funeral home, typically. I, so, not to go too far off topic, but I read somewhere mm-hmm. that, um, and it, I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're talking about this. I read somewhere that there's this idea that this that the spirit stays with the body right after you die. So, if you're baptized as a Jehovah as a Jehovah's Witness and and you die, mm-hmm. that it stays with the body, so that when the Armageddon does come. 
your body will and your body and your spirit will be re- resurrected and if and they were against cremation because of this i guess that's wrong because you know what i'm saying does that make sense yeah i've never heard of that oh okay mm-hmm. well you know because <laughs> yeah. i know that um when when i was growing up they say that your um your soul your spirit it it goes to sheol which means that mm. you're in a, a slumber okay you're sleeping like a purgatory yeah you're just sleeping mm. And so it never really spoke about where your spirit resides. Right. Okay. Outside of being in Sheol. Okay. So that so once you saw your mom pass, mm-hmm. hopefully not saw, but I did. Ugh. Ugh. That's awful. Yes. Um was that like was it a clean break for you or did you have to sort of decide dip and dodge and have a come to Jesus for, for, for was, lack of a better I was, word? I was devastated because my mother was my best friend. I will never have anybody like her ever again in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I like really kind of zoned out at that point because I was a very um, devout Jehovah's Witness. Mm. Um, I That self-righteous spirit that we spoke about, I... I I had that. I embodied that. Um, I I just knew that I was doing everything right. I knew that I was doing what Jehovah wanted me to do. And so I was going to be blessed as a result. So I couldn't understand why God for the life of me would take away my mother. Mm. Mm. And so. So not only did they not help your mom, I assume they didn't help you through this grieving process. Not really. Mm. I want to say. That, you know, they were very supportive in the physical aspect, you know, coming to the house, cooking, cleaning, you know, because it was a lot of us kids. Right, right. What did your stepdad do? Like, he was out to lunch. uh, He was, he was out to lunch. Um, I don't think anybody expected that much. She passed away when she was 33 years old. mm, mm, So, mm -hmm. um, and it, it was very abrupt. So, you know, um, for me, I didn't even realize how mad I was and I didn't, I wasn't able to dissect everything that had happened to that point. Or attach a reason or anything. Yes. You know, I was just distraught because I lost my mother and I just could not understand that because I had done everything right. According to, I had gone to all my meetings. I had studied like I was supposed to. Mm You know, I had knocked on people's doors, spreading the good news. I was, uh, you know, for the most part, I typically, I was a good kid. No sex before I didn't, marriage. I didn't have sex. I did not have sex. <laughs> did you I curse? I was still a virgin. I did not curse. Mm. I, I'd like, I believed. I was like, God is watching me. I'm going to, you know, be the best person that I could be. Mm. You know, um, you could ask people I went to school with. They thought I was going to be a nun. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you're going to be a missionary or something because you're just ridiculous, mm, you know? Yeah. Um, to this day, some people that know me back then, you know, they tease me. But um, I was really straight laced. Mm-hmm. So for that to happen to me, I was like beyond devastated. So here's a question then. I mean, you talked you you talked a little bit. I mean, I guess you not a little bit, but um, how am I putting this? How did you make the this? How did you ultimately come to the decision not to be mad at God and to be mad at your religion or like you know what I'm saying? Like hmm. you didn't you you didn't you mentioned that you were upset that God would do this to you and take your mom and best friend. Mm-hmm. When I you know got, what I'm saying? right, one of the things that I, I will tell you is that my mother 
was a very, very interesting person. Like you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, She always used to tell me the most important thing is your relationship with God. Mm. Outside of the kingdom hall, outside of Jehovah's Witnesses, outside of religion, your relationship with God is your own. That's outside of me, Charmaine. Mm -hmm. You make sure you pray to God every day. You make sure that he is your best friend. Mm. She made me promise her that I would never leave God in relationship. Mm. Not too long before she died. She didn't know she was going to die. But not too long before she had died, she made me promise that. Mm. Don't ever leave Jehovah God. And that always stuck with me. So although I wanted to be mad and maybe I I had to even come to terms with that because my mind like couldn't even get a grip on that itself. Like, how could I be mad at God if this is was his choice? Mm. You understand? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. even that thought was conflicting for me. But when I got older, um, one of the things that I came to realize is, is that. Just uh, let me just make sure mm -hmm. I understand. Um, you said she passed away when when she when you were thirteen. How, how old I was were you? fifteen. You were fifteen, mm-hmm. and so I guess many years passed, and you mm-hmm. still were a witness. I was still a witness as an adult um, until I was about twenty one. Oh, so six years. Mm-hmm. And were you as devout as you had been, or even more I so, was, or less? <laughs> I, I still was because I felt like I felt like I mean. There's that was all else. I knew. That's, there's nothing else. That's <laughs> that right. was all I knew. Right. But uh, what I do know is that I, my anger was like building up like a pressure cooker mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to cope, you know. Um, and you had family, like uh, yeah, aunts have, and uncles that were like, I had hey. my grandmother. Okay. But my grandmother was in um, New York. And so basically um, at the time when my mother had passed away, we were upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And so um, I stayed and finished high school. Then when I turned 18, I moved to my um, grandmother's house. Or I should say back to my grandmother's house. Mm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I stayed with her until I was about uh, 21. And then I kind of, that was around the time when my mindset kind of changed and I snapped a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So so, um, you left, right? Yes. And... Tell me about the the um, or tell us about the um, the process of leaving. Is it a, is it here's a letter? I'm going to give it to my elder at the Kingdom Hall. Like, what is the actual? Is it is it an official thing, or you just don't go anymore? Like, how does that work? Um, it it really just depends. It can be very quick. Or it can be a long, drawn-out process. I think it depends on Do they try to the keep person. you? Or do they just like, they if you don't want to be us? <laughs> they, they did try to keep me. But oh. I, I didn't want to stay. Well, no. Because I... the one thing that they wanted me to do, I wasn't willing to do. Mm. Um, they wanted me to make sure I made it to all my meetings. So let me back up and be clear. Yeah. Um, I decided that I was going to have a boyfriend who was not a Jehovah's Witness. Mm. So it was my way of kind of rebelling late in life. Mm-hmm. Not and, late. I mean, you're 20s, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, typically people act up, you know, when they're teenagers or mm. whatever. But I was like 21. I guess I was late, too. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I kind of like had stopped going to the meetings as much. And basically, I got pregnant with my daughter. Mm. And um, so you that know, was like a big no, no. Sex before marriage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's pregnant? The, Girl, you done told the, on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I wasn't trying to hide that. Right. And um, 
That's one thing that I always told myself that I would just be honest. Do they because believe in religion? Um, religion, abortion? No, no. So no, absolutely there's not. That you that would that would have been even worse right. if I would have you <laughs> right, know right. did that. Um, but if there was one thing I hated more than anything else was hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. So you know there are plenty of those witnesses too that they do a whole bunch of things that nobody would ever know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe they never get found out, and they right. sure aren't telling on themselves. Right. Okay? But your daughter told on you. <laughs> In a way. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so, actually, my grandmother did. Mm, okay. My grandmother, you know, spoke to, to the elders, and they just came by one day. And um, was, she, did, was she trying to help, or was she trying yes. to tell on you? Like, <laughs> I think a, a bit of both. Mm, she wow. was trying to get me, I think, back, back on into the, right the fold, yeah. back on the right. People, you got to understand, people think they're doing the right thing here. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They think they're helping the situation. When the truth is, maybe what I needed was more love and understanding, mm-hmm. not a get in line, mm-hmm. you're bad. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So, anyway, uh, so they came. They she came and, and, you know, bottom line, they were like, hey, look, we understand you, you told us your story. You did what you did. Thank you for being honest. One, can you stop having sex? I said, sure. No problem. They were like, we want you to go back to Kingdom Hall. I said, that's a problem. Mm. I'm not doing that. Mm. I'm not doing that. I'm being honest with you. I'm not. I said, I'm going to college and I'm going to work full time. And I'm pregnant. So I was like, no, I don't have time. To go and and to be honest, right now I don't want to. Wow. And you know why I didn't want to, Marquis? I'm trying to because that would have been another level of shame. Mm. Mm. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Because what would have happened is I would have been publicly reproved, which is different from disfellowshipping. Disfellowshipping is just you're kicked out of congregation. You know, um, people can't talk to you at all. When you're publicly reproved, it's very similar, but it's it, it's more so telling people that you have a repentant heart and you're trying to basically atone for the sins. But so, 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 I mean, I'm trying to figure out you're pregnant, however far along you are, whatever. At some point, you're going to come in the kingdom hall. People are going to know you're not married mm-hmm. and you got a big old belly. Like, yeah. I mean, so there's, Absolutely. <laughs> there's a huge shaming. Right. So huge shaming. And I what just, did they I just expect couldn't, you to do? <laughs> right. Go to the Kingdom Hall because mm-hmm. uh, women have done it. So walk into your shame. Right. Pretty right. much. That, walk into your shame with your head low. Right. Understand that. <laughs> Not high, with your right. head low. Right. Because you're atoning for your sins. Mm. Mm. So this period for me was very, very hard because I literally got cut off from, like, basically just about all my friends. So, so just now t- so now let me just make sure i'm saying this right mm-hmm. your grandmother told on you basically or or, or was trying to help told mm-hmm. the elders the elders come mm-hmm. they say this is what we want you to do right. we want you to go to the kingdom hall mm-hmm. to be publicly um, reproved mm-hmm. is that what it is mm-hmm. you say no mm-hmm. and that's the end of that discussion except that I mean, at that point, the next level is disfellowshipping. I right? was disfellowshipped. Right. The, they disfellowshipped you. Yes. And so, say again, so that we're clear, or the reader, the readers, the listeners are clear, mm-hmm. um, what public, uh, what disfellowshipping means and how it affected you and your, I guess, your friends and family. Okay. So, disfellowshipping is basically when you are unrepentant 
or you've like committed a, a very, I, I want to say a horrific sin. Mm-hmm. And so you are cut off from having any association or dealings with friends and family that are Jehovah's Witnesses. Period. How is that communicated? Like, do they say at the next they Kingdom Hall meeting? They announce it at a meeting. Wow. They at, say at, at the, the next meeting, meeting, Charmaine Thompson. Yes. Oh. Yes. I'll edit that. Uh-huh. But yes, is not, is disfellowshipped. Yes. You are not to speak to her. Right. If you see her at the AMP. Oh, no, they don't do all that. I mean, I mean everybody <laughs> knows what it is. Oh, wow. But they will tell you that this person is disfellowshipped. Mm. And that's it. And the elder will get off stage and the next elder will come on to give the rest of the meeting. And is, is there a list? Like, is there a, a whole, no. like, is there it'll like a just list hap- of 10, 12 people? It'll just happen randomly. Typically, I've never heard it where it's like more than one person. Oh. They'll do it like, you know, and, and it's, it, it's random. It's when these incidents happen. Right. But it's, it's immediate. It's not yeah. like they're going to wait a month. No. No. I mean, <laughs> I, I think there's a process because they do have to go up through the chain of command, governing body, to the governing and, body. Right. and all this paperwork, I'm sure, and stuff like that. Wow. And then once that stuff is completed, they make the announcement once it's official. That's it. But it's fairly quickly. And there's no going back. So then the family that is currently, yeah, you can go back. Oh, okay. The family that is currently in there, if they happen to be there that day, they are shamed now. Understand that. Oh. So I know my grandmother was shamed. Mm, your because, siblings. Huh? Siblings. Right. They're all shamed. Yeah. Every Yeah. You're mm. shamed. Mm. Oh, we're so sorry. Hmm. Right. You understand? Didn't raise them right. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh my gosh. Ah! And so what happens? Oh, that's awful. It is. It is. So basically kind of like, you know, my grandmother had to make a decision. She was like, listen, since you decided that you're grown and you're going to live your life the way that you want to live your life, I will not tolerate that in my house. Oh. And you have to move out before the baby is born. Is that right? That is right. So she didn't say, I can't be part of a religion that's going to like, no, like this fellowship, my, my granddaughter. I mean, what? or and my great granddaughter, because by, by default, I mean, by association, your daughter. No, she's fine. She's she's an innocent. Oh, she's an innocent. Okay, she's an so innocent, she's but not... she would be shamed indirectly through me. Uh, you understand? Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. And so what about your siblings? They can't talk to you. Well, that depends on if they're. Yeah, remember this distinction of being baptized. Right. But I mean, okay. I assume, my siblings oh. are not baptized. Oh, okay. They decided not to do it. Mm. Oh, <laughs> They're smarter they than their older sisters. <laughs> but they can do that? I mean, yeah, they can do that. I mean, it's That's part a of personal, the family. It's a personal choice. If oh. you are not a witness, you can talk to me all day long. You know, nobody's going to. So, what can they do? When did you get baptized? I got baptized when I was 13. Ah, okay. So mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the distinction that I'm missing. In a lot of religions, you were baptized. As a baby, like yeah, they early. do not. A, they do, yeah. So that is very important. Yes. Um, you are baptized when you are ready to dedicate your life to Jehovah, mm. and you can, and you have the capacity to make that decision. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. That's the thing I was missing. Yes. Okay. I thought that by default, no, that all no. your siblings were mm-hmm. automatically baptized. No. Okay. No, it's a choice. It's a personal choice. Wow. Okay. And funny enough, my mom tried to deter me from doing it. Oh, she wow. did. Oh. She was like, I think you need to wait till you have some more experience in life mm. before you decide mm. to get baptized. Because right. she knew everything that came along with it. Right. Right. But I didn't listen. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you know. You know. Presumably, you want to be like your mom. Right. And right. I love God. 
Right. So it was a simple decision for me. And so going back to this grandmother, like, yo, your grandmother, like, really did that? She did. But, and, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to say in her defense, it, it, it literally is a mindset. Right. It's how she was. It's how she. It, w- this well, is how the witnesses were. Now, I'm not going to. My grandmother spoke to me. She didn't go that far. Right. She still spoke to me. You know, when I came by the house, you know, um, but once she, in a she while. she made you leave. Yeah, I right. actually left. <laughs> and and this is where I have to say, for me, I started to have a closer, even, uh, even more closer relationship with God after I left the witnesses because mm. he showed up and showed out in my life. Mm-hmm. When That's I what- tell you <laughs> that I had my daughter on the 10th of the month and I got my apartment the keys to my apartment on the 8th mm. of that same month Ooh, that was close okay <laughs> <laughs> that was close right, Ooh, right? Wow. right wow um he just kept showing up for me like right. that yeah now, see the thing with the witnesses is that they basically tell you once you leave and you disfellowship like you're going to be cast the wolves mm. Mm. Your whole and, life and is going to be in shambles. The, 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 the wicked are out there. They're going to be coming right. after you. Mm. Right. Wow. And your connection with God is over. Severed. Mm. Until you decide to come back into that kingdom hall. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's deep. Wow. Yes. Unless something changed recently. Yes. So did you have friends also? I sure did. But guess what? A lot of them are disfellowship now, too. Oh, okay. And a okay. lot of them in their 20s. But you had no um, no bearing on that. They did it, I assume. Everybody, that happened it. at different times. Right. I mean, you weren't like, come on, girl, I'm disfellowship. No, come on no, no. I would, I would never <laughs> do anything like that because, you know, their faith is their own. Right. But a lot of my friends, um, they would still talk to me. Mm. Um, and then there were some that never got baptized, mm. you know, so they were, they were okay with me, but you got to understand it was like that whole community gone. So me not having my mother, you know, um, now, not but if they never got baptized, they were never, they were not Jehovah's witnesses. Right. right. Even though they might've gone to the kingdom hall, I see. they're still a part of that community. Oh, that's understand? interesting. Can you, can you go to the kingdom hall? Yeah, you baptized? absolutely can. I mean, you can walk in there right now. If oh, you <laughs> well, I won't walk in. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, what are, and, uh, tell me about what are the after effects, um, if any, after, now this is almost 20 years ago, I guess, that you left and were that you were, well, let's say that you left. I did leave. You didn't, you weren't disfellowshipped. You made the decision. I, to I sure did. Right. <laughs> I sure did. That was like right. borderline disassociation. Right. Yeah. You didn't, they didn't kick you out. No, you left. I made the decision. So, um, are there now 20 years later, 15 years later, or five years later, however long, um, mm-hmm. were there residual scars or thoughts or the ways that you Absolutely. found yourself thinking Absolutely. or looking at the world? You gotta, one of the things that I didn't mention at the beginning of our discussion is that the Jehovah's Witnesses, it's not just a religion. It is a lifestyle. Way of life. Mm-hmm. It is a, yes, it's a way of life. Um, Everything you do surrounds that. So you have no idea like how um, 
like like how deep like the roots are mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. you, especially mm-hmm. when you have you know been in it from a child. You know, it, it's a part of your thought process. It's so. Give me an example of of of, of thinking that you had to break yourself out of, or something that you didn't realize. Like for instance, I have a friend who um, is went through a similar situation, right? Mm-hmm and was in a, a different religion, but a similar situation. And he had no sense of how the the outside world was looking at people who were part of that particular religion. Mm-hmm. No sense of it. Mm-hmm. He thought that, he, like, we were all welcoming, and they all, we all thought that they were, like, the most wonderful people. And then when he got out of it, he was like, oh, wait a minute. Well, hold up. <laughs> well, let me just tell you this. I lived in New York City, so I kind of knew oh, that. Know, I, yeah, know. I knew that okay. part already. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that um, I, I didn't. I was naive in certain areas because I was very, very protected. Yeah. But, you know, living in New York City, you see a lot. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I wasn't like totally naive. Um, I would say the biggest thing for me was feeling this impending doom mm. that I was going to die one day soon. Because I never knew when Armageddon was coming. That's a big thing. So if I wasn't going back to the Kingdom Hall, me and my daughter were going to die. Wow. Right. So that was always over my head. And so to get get yourself out of that, I assume that must have taken, like, the will of I don't even know who. Like, just to live life in a space of light and hope as opposed to... It's, it, death is around the corner. <laughs> it, it it actually really, really took me on um, a spiritual journey. One, to get closer to God, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also to um, really go through the doctrines. Mm. Really have an understanding. Because the witnesses did encourage you to do a lot of study. Remember those three meetings I told you right. about? Yeah. Well, you would have to study for each of those meetings before they happened. Okay? Mm. So you had the study materials, you had the Bible, you would cross-reference scriptures, you would, you know... Um, you're like a scholar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing is, though, is that you're being directed. Right. Um, right. Right. So, but this was very different because it was self-directed. Right. Right. So it took me a while, but I, I basically took a lot of time um, exploring um, Christianity, um, doing some research on my own, talking to other witnesses... Um, that had left mm. um, talking to people each in other face. It just happens. Like mm. I can spot somebody that was a witness. Is that right? Or that is a witness. Yes, I can. Wow. Yes, I can. Oh. And, and somebody and anybody that's a Jehovah's Witness, they know what I'm talking about. Oh wow. Yes, you you can you can spot spot people. Mm. If you if you were in it and like really indoctrinated in it, you can tell. So a few last questions. We're about to run out of time here, but one, um, and this has taken me on a journey. You know, I thought I knew some stuff. And I'm like, you sort of blown me away. <laughs> um, but one, did the, uh, it sounds like um, your experience in uh, the Jehovah's Witness faith um, inside and what wound up leaving it did not sour you against the idea or the the concept of religion. Mm-hmm. You weren't like, no more religion for me, period. I did go through a phase of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I still do believe to a degree that religion, organized religion, is a tool of man. Mm-hmm. You know, as a way to, a vehicle that's used to get to God. 
Um, it doesn't mean the vehicle is necessarily, you know, good or bad, mm-hmm. but it's still it's it's just a vehicle. Mm. It's up to me to choose what my relationship, what God is going to be. I can use that vehicle or not. Second question. Um, I'm going to say this. Maybe I'll edit it out. I'm going to pause here for just a second so that I give myself enough time to edit this out. Okay. The question is, um, would you consider yourself and your experience within the Jehovah's Witness as you having been in a cult? Without any judgment about anybody else's stuff, your particular um, experience. Yes. Okay. All right. And so having come out of it, you're a better person. And, I mean, you are, you are, you do consider yourself to be better than you were. Oh, absolutely. Like leaps and bounds. Yeah. I had to deprogram myself. Yeah. And I'm and still deprogramming myself. I was going to say, I assume that you are deprogramming yourself and I assume that you have a, 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 a support system in absolutely. people helping you to deprogram because you can't just do it yourself right, right? yeah right. I mean you do need to like right. <laughs> enlist it's, others right it's amazing because you know once you put that out into the universe you'd start to people start to become attracted to you or yeah. you start bringing those people into your life that you need yeah. to help you along that spiritual path okay so uh, the last question and then uh, uh, I want to talk about something else. Okay. Uh, the last question about this particular topic is, um, is there anything that you would say to someone else who is currently a witness that they need to know? Yes. I, I would say trust yourself. You are taught to trust everything else but you. But you are your direct link to God. Trust your instincts. If something doesn't seem right, if something doesn't feel right, then it's not. And you need to investigate that. You are responsible for your life. That's the first gift that God gave to you. So it's up to you how you choose to live that life. It is not up to the religion that you're in. An elder, you know, another brother or sister, as they call it, or some doctrine that, uh, you know, a man wrote. It is up to you how you're going to have that relationship with God and how that plays out. So trust yourself first and foremost. I think if a lot of witnesses did that and they were really honest about what they're being taught and what they're being asked to do, they would know what the right answers are. Okay. All right. Um, So that was a lot. Um, and one <laughs> yes, of the, uh, we had a couple topics that we didn't get to. I would love to have you on uh, on for a future podcast. Um, one of which I'm not sure that I'll talk about it on the next one or a follow up one. But I talked with you offline just before this about this idea of muted emotions mm. and um, how, in general, right now I know that I have been in a space of going around, uh, going about the world, about my daily life, sometimes choosing to not absorb particularly as an empath or just emote fully because it's just too much it's too overwhelming with events that are going on far and near in our country and in our world either it could be my girlfriend on the street or my my sister across the country it can be a lot 
And um, I, I want to sort sort of explore that topic because it's it can be lonely. It can feel like nobody else is going through this particular thing, um, and it is a it's a difficult topic. Which is the the whole idea of the podcast is to talk about difficult conversations. It can be difficult to bring up with other people because um, I've gone through bouts of anger, bouts of shame. When I say shame, like I'm shame ashamed to be an American sometimes. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy to me. Um, I've gone through. Um, uh, bouts of confusion like why must we as black people treat each other this way why must we as human beings treat each other this way it, like is, is it is it is it natured is it nurtured is it something that is sort of uh, evolutionary i don't i have no no idea but I, but we and i don't know enough about the history of how people cope with um their emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you, you might read a diary of Anne Frank, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one girl who was talking about one experience, but mm -hmm. I have no sense of how people in throughout history, like if is this is how I'm feeling right now common for people throughout history who've gone through similar crises of of like humanity, I guess. Mm. Um, so I'd love to explore that topic, but we are out of time for this particular <laughs> um, podcast. Thank you, Charmaine. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You taught me so much, mm. and I want to thank you for opening up and sharing yourself with me and with our listeners. Um, and this has been another episode of. Oh, did you want to say anything else before we? No, before I we just did? want to say thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you. I'm going to give you a hug. But <laughs> um, this has been another episode of Marquee Listens, Name to be Determined. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.